And welcome to another episode of the Bakari Sellers Podcast. Today, we got a good brother joining us who is a storied journalist, and he's going to be able to talk to us about a bunch of stuff, including sports that we love. I mean, first, I don't know where he's sitting, but I can tell you the memorabilia above your left shoulder, my brother, is pretty dope. What you got over there? <laughs> oh, man, I got a lot of stuff, man. Uh, you know, stuff from Tony Dorsett and obviously Cap Alpha Psi, the greatest fraternity in the world. Oh. <laughs> oh lord my executive producer is gonna have that edited out by now <laughs> but none other than brian custer thank you for joining me today we start each one of our shows by having our guests walk us through the arc of their career and you've had a storied career in sports journalism so walk us through your various career stops since you finished what does it say? It says Hampton, but I, is it Howard Hampton? Which one is Hampton, it? Hampton, man. Hampton. The real HU. <laughs> yeah, the real HU. Absolutely. Just real HU. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For me, it started, you know, right out of college. I worked at a news radio station in my hometown of Columbus, Ohio. Worked midnight to eight. Came on at the top of the hour and delivered a five-minute newscast. Made $18,000. Uh, that was my first professional job right out of school. Did that, uh, then went to the ABC affiliate, my hometown of Columbus, Ohio. I was a news reporter uh, there. Always loved Dallas. Um, wanted to live there. Loved the Cowboys since I was a kid. Wanted to work in that market. Left Columbus after a couple of years. Went to Dallas. And uh, when they first brought me there, it was, again, they wanted me to do news. I wanted to do sports, but they brought me there to do news. And so I was covering City Hall um and uh became the weekend news anchor there at channel 11 the cbs affiliate in dallas and just you know they one day they ended up firing basically the entire sports department and the gm came to me as like man i heard you big time sports guy I want you to be the new sports anchor and so that's how i finally got in uh to doing the job that i wanted to do that i went to school for at hampton and was there and i was in dallas for you know almost nine years and left, came to New York, uh, mm. worked at a, uh, a network, regional sports network that's here now, SNY. I was one of the first hires uh, when the network first came on. Uh, was there, for, man, almost again, uh, nine years or so. Left there, did stuff at Fox Sports and Showtime. And, um, you know, been at Showtime now for almost 10 years and uh, left Fox Sports a couple of years ago to come to ESPN. Man, look at you. You've been all around the mountain toilet. Yeah. You know, I, I, I look at journalists sometimes, particularly sports journalists, when they first get started, they got to carry their own camera. You got yeah. you, you your own cameraman and anchor and everything else. Yeah, see, I was lucky being in Columbus because Columbus is like market 33. So I didn't have that. I've never had to be a one man band type thing. So, uh, yeah, I, I've been blessed in that that, that aspect. For sure. We can't talk about the work you do without talking about your experience, though, with prostate cancer. Thank God you're still with us today. Yeah. When you when you first learned that you had prostate cancer, how did you first receive the news? Well, uh, I, I first got it. I was I, uh, when I found out I was 42. Um, and I remember uh, that my the network had this health fair, man, and they would do it like, hey, trying to get people to go go to the doctor. And I was trying to get my fellow colleagues. There was a couple of brothers that worked, had never gone to the doctor. I'm like, come on, y'all, let's go. It's free. You know, let's go. And uh, and I remember when we were going, they were like, hey, you know, they also do prostate exams as well for black men. I didn't know what it was, Bakar. I had no idea what my prostate did. And for, I had no idea. This was, again, that was about 10 years ago. This is 10 years ago. So I had no idea. And so 
we all came and uh, we went to it. Uh, they, we all got the thing. And then the, the doctor was like, okay, I'm gonna give you guys a prostate exam. He took our blood test, the PSA test. Then he said, you know, I'm gonna give you guys a, a digital rectal exam. And even the guys I were with, like, yo, you brought us to this gay stuff. What are you doing, B? That's why I don't like coming to the doctor, you know? And we had it done. And, and so when I went to my regular doctor at 41, got my regular uh, health check, he was like, hey, uh, I don't know if we've ever done a PSA uh, exam. We probably need to test your PSA since you're 40 now. And I was like, oh, no, no, doc, I did that last year. I'm good. I did it last year at this health thing we did at work. I'm good. Don't even, don't even trip on that. And uh, so I didn't, I didn't even do it at 41. At 42, went back to my regular doctor. We did the, uh, my annual health check. And then he was like, hey, let's do your PSA. I was like, oh, no, doc, we did that last year. I'm good. Don't even worry about that. We ain't tripping. I didn't want the digital rectal exam. And uh, he said, he looked in the file and said, we didn't do it last year. And we didn't do it at 40. He said, you said you did it at a health fair at 40. So we did it. And he said, by the way, what was your results when you were 40? And so I was like, oh, I got to look, doc. I'll have to dig them up for you. So he did it. My regular doctor did it and everything. I went back home, found him. My regular results when I was 40, it was a 2.4, which is really high if you're just 40 years old, because you shouldn't be in whole numbers. And, uh, and they always tell you if it's a four or higher, you got problems. Uh, when my results came back at 42, it was a 5.2. So that thing had more than double in basically a year's time. So you and, didn't even get to it from the health fair. You didn't even get your results like that. Well, he they ended up mailing them to me. And I, 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 I'll be honest with you, McCarr, I just took them and put them in the drawer. I didn't even look at them. I didn't, I didn't even look at them until my regular doctor asked me, like, what was your results when you had them done that? And I had to go back into my drawer and go find them. And, and that's when I found them. It was like 2.4 at 40. And then when I had him, it, he did it, it was a 5.2. So they had more than double. And they always tell you, if it's over a four, you got problems. And he basically said, look, man, I, I got to send you to an expert, but probably what we want to do is do a biopsy. And we ended up doing a biopsy, man. And out of, he took 12 specimens, I think out of the 12, seven were cancerous, very cancerous and um, aggressive. And yeah, man, he was like, yo, I'm, I got to get you. I got to get you to a doctor who specializes in this a urologist. And he said, um, but you got to have surgery and you probably need to have it immediately because he said seven out of the 12, 5.4 or two. He said, this is aggressive. You're, you're past stage four. This is aggressive. And this is, he goes, if, if, it, if this is spread, Brian, I, this may be bad news. Mm. It was just devastating, man. Bro, it was devastating. I can only imagine. Dispel the misconception that prostate cancer is an old man disease. And how does it disproportionately affect black men? Well, first of all, I was 42. When I went into surgery, I had I had surgery, Bacard, three weeks later. Oh, when wow. I went into surgery, a guy before me was 35 who was having surgery for prostate cancer. That's how bad his was. So it wasn't. And I thought it was an old man's disease. When, I, when he told me I had, I was like, isn't that what some of your grandfather has or so on? But you could you can see that it is ravaging our community at an alarming weight. We're like three times as more likely to get prostate cancer than a white male. Uh, twice as likely to die from it. Um, and listen, it only take it is basically 100% curable if you catch it early. I'm here today because they caught mine early. Thank God mine hadn't spread. It was about to. 
It was but on the way out. It, it was on the way out of the process. It was on the way out. And I'll never forget this, Bacardi. I, my doc, I told him, I said, how would I have known? How would I have known I had prostate cancer? And he and my doc looked at me and said, they call it the silent killer for a reason. The only way you would have known is when it would have been too late. Because it, when it, it spreads, it goes up your spine and it's a rat. And I remember my doc told me when I had to take a bone scan before I had surgery. And he said, if that bone scan comes back positive, Brian, the only thing I can do for you is make you comfortable. That's it. Man, I cried like a baby when I was on that table and they were doing that bone scan because I knew the ramifications if this thing came back positive. But folks, brothers need to understand, go get the test. And it's 100% true. If you catch it early, there's a number of things. You don't have to be in, have surgery like I like I had. I mean, there's there's all kinds of things. There's some seeds to all. There's, there's a number of things, but you got to catch it early. Uh, otherwise, yeah, it could be troublesome. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Before we talk sports, just a few more things. What, what causes prostate cancer and are things that you can do other than go to the doctor to reduce the chances of getting it? And what type of lifestyle choices yeah. should we be prioritizing um, to just make sure that we're curbing some of the drivers of, of prostate cancer? Well, I think I think a lot of it has to do look with heredity, number one. Unfortunately, in my family, on my father's side, a lot. First of all, your father uh, is always the benchmark. If you if your father's had prostate cancer or grandfather's had it, there's a great chance you, you're going to end up with it. Either you or maybe your offspring will probably end up with it. But if not that for my, my on my family side, cancer runs prevalent. My, all my uncles have died of different cancer, bone cancer, lung wow. cancer. One was a smoker, uh, breast cancer, my aunt. And as my doctor said, unfortunately, you pulled the prostate cancer card. Mm -hmm. Cancer is the common denominator in your family. Everyone else has had different types of cancer. Unfortunately, you're the first one to pull the prostate cancer car. So a lot of it has to do with heredity. Number two, environment two. Uh, number three, your lifestyle. So you're right. You got to You have to. You have to work out. Uh, you got to eat somewhat healthy. One thing you can curb it is cu cutting cutting red meat. Obviously, cutting your alcohol intake. Uh, eating a lot more. Eating a lot more green foods, whether it's broccoli, whether it's green beans. Uh, tomatoes though, will certainly help your lifestyle and what you eat, eating somewhat healthy will do you wonders. That's one of the things I had to do. As soon as I 
had surgery, first thing Doc said is you got to cut out red meat. You cannot oh. eat red meat anymore because it has carcinogens in it. And carcinogens will bring back cancer cells. So that was one of the main things I had to do. So all I eat now is fish, turkey, or chicken. Mm. True. Yeah. Fellas, I hope y'all hear that. Donnie, I hope you clip that so people are paying attention. Let's let's switch up just slightly. I know it's hard to go from that tough conversation that we all need to hear to talk sports. But let's start with the Damian Lillard trade. Yeah. For me, I don't think it does everything pe people say it's going to do because they had to get rid of Robert Williams. But does this make the Bucks the team to beat in the East? Well, you know, listen, I think when you talk about Robert, you think about the Celtics. And so you're thinking about uh that deal that they they made oh, i'm thinking about the deal that they did I'm yeah tra tripping, trading yes. away brogdon right and bringing yes. in, yeah exactly bringing in drew holiday but anyway See. for for the bucks here's the here's the one thing here's the one thing you got to remember too bakari is that for the bucks if you remember last year especially when Giannis got hurt um it they didn't they didn't have a closer and even though when Giannis came back he, he was still kind of gimpy they would be in games, but they needed somebody to take them home, so to speak. I mean, Giannis was doing the best that he could. Obviously, he was he was hobbled a little bit. Now they got a closer. Now you got Dame Lillard because Holiday was great, but he was. I great mean, in the playoffs, game. in the playoffs, you want Drew. Or you want that's what I was thinking. I had Drew Holiday in my mind. Yeah. You want Drew? Or you want Dame Lillard? Dame I Lillard. want Dame Lillard. I want somebody I know gonna give me thirty a night. Not somebody who, you know, yes, some nights he's gonna be great. He's gonna play some good defense. But there's other nights he not he don't have it offensively. I know Dame Lillard is gonna give me thirty every night, and I know inside of ten seconds is Dame time, and I know he he gonna knock down big shots, and that pick and roll is gonna be lethal off of him because you can't double. Who you gonna double if you you go if you blitz the pick and roll? You gonna leave? You gonna double Dame? You double Dame? Now he just drops it off to Giannis. It's an open bucket. If if you try, you come up and you say, okay, well, you know, we're not going to blitz the pick and roll because I know Giannis is going to roll off of it and you send people to Giannis, you leaving Dame open. He's going to knock down a shot. Who they going to defend? Now, look, that's what Brooke Lopez That's what job. I was saying, Drew. <laughs> Who that's Brooke Lopez's job. Brooke Lopez's job, on the, especially on the inside because you got Giannis and Brooke Lopez on the inside. On the outside, on the perimeter, yeah, Dame ain't, look, Dame can play defense. He ain't known for it, but he can definitely play some defense. And then let's they they got their big three. I, I don't even I'm, I'm I can't believe I'm going blank on their other big three. You know he's tall. He's Chris a Middleton guy on the outside. So Chris Middleton got him too on the perimeter. Yeah, Milwaukee has got everything they need right now to win the championship next season. If are they better than Are they better than the Celtics, who I think got better but weirdly can't play defense because Robert Williams in back? Yes. Then. Are that, they better than the Heat? Because the Heat do have two certifiable all stars and Tyler yeah. Hero, Hero, who you don't know what that is. Yeah, it's better than the Sixers with a non disgruntled James Harden. Exactly. I, I, yes, yes, yes. The Heat, they already listen, they had a lot of things to go right for them. They caught Milwaukee, an injured Milwaukee's squad, and got through them. I mean, Jimmy did a, a phenomenal job, but you could see once you got to the finals. They needed more offense. Yeah. Thus, the reason why they wanted Dame so bad. They needed somebody who can close because Jimmy, Jimmy just wants to be that amoeba. I want to just play defense. I want to set my teammates up. I don't want to be the guy that's got to score all the points all the time because that's really not in his DNA. He can do it, but it's not in his DNA. Uh, I think Milwaukee's better than them now. The Celtics is going to be an interesting one. 
Here's the only concern for me with the Celtics is Kristaps Porzingis. Kristaps Porzingis was the unicorn his rookie year in New York. After that rookie year, what happened? He was never healthy. He was a disappointment in Dallas. Came to Washington, all of a sudden putting up all these points. Who the hell is, is no one expects anything from Washington. He's putting up all them points because they were like, the team sucks. Yeah, somebody got to score. He was the only person on the he was, a little, he was a little distracted in New York, to say the least. Yeah. Yeah, he had, a, he had a lot going on in his personal private life. Exactly. He had, exactly. But he's never been counted on. He's never. Well, he don't have to be counted on. He just got to play. Because right now you got Jalen Brown. You got you got a point guard. They got rid of Marcus Smart. All right. So and and then you got you got Jason Tatum, who's the best player in the Eastern Conference. He, he's phenomenal guy. You know Tatum. It, here's the thing with Boston. I think Boston now for Tatum, you got to take over that team because Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart was the leader. It's weird to have your leader to have your leader be kind of mediocre defensively. Thank and, you. Your, your leader a, cannot. Your leader has to be your best player. And he was not. He was, and he was not. And yeah, was, I mean, he was actually a liability in the yes. in, down the stretch. He's at, so for Boston. Here's the only thing: B is number one. Jason Tatum has got to be the leader. Number one, and he's got to be a guy that say, "I got to give these guys thirty-five to forty a night." It's got to happen. And for Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown's got to be a guy now that say, I got to give them 30 a night. I can't have off nights. He can't dribble with his left hand. When they needed Jalen Brown, what happened? He can't dribble with his left hand. He cannot dribble with his left hand. You can't have seven turnovers and only have 18 points in a game seven. You can't have that when they need you. And now you're making three hundred million dollars. You just and now that. you're the highest player, highest paid player in the league. So there's there's going to be some matter and some growth that's got to come from the Celtics squad. That's why I say Milwaukee on paper right now looks better than the, the Celtics. Talk to me one time before about the New York Knicks. What? Ooh. First of all, I don't think Julius Randle is anybody's star player number one. Right. Player. But are they going to be a play perennial playoff team? Can they sneak into the Eastern Conference Finals? What what happens? No, no I think uh, listen, man, when they. When they went and finally got them a point guard, that hurt me because I'm a Mavs guy. So when they went and got him, it, that did wonders for them. You know, obviously Julius Randle is just I, – I don't know if New York is for him. It's a tough – listen, I live here in the East Coast. It's a tough – you got to have some tough skin, man, when you play in New York for whatever team it is. And I don't know if, if this, that, this atmosphere is the right atmosphere for Julius Randle. Uh, good, talented player. I just don't know if the atmosphere, the fit is right. The good thing for the Knicks, they got umpteen first-round picks. And if I'm the Knicks, I'm trying to get me a superstar up at the Garden. Uh, and that's what I'm trying to use these picks that they've now acquired and stockpile and trying to get them. I see them as a playoff team, but that's it. Whew. All right, let's move to the West. Yeah. Lakers look good. Yeah. I can stay healthy. And even more yes. importantly, LeBron staying healthy is yeah. – if AD can stay healthy, your Mavericks are going to have a full season of that. Tell me what that's going to look like. And then yeah. you got the Suns who can't defend nobody. And the nobody. Trailblazers just got worse. So it looks like the Lakers conference to win. Yeah. Or I, I think that on paper it does. And I think it, it, it's like, as you talk about, a lot of it is on AD. Is AD going to A, stay healthy? You know, you got the extension, so you got paid. But more importantly, is this team going to be ad's team it can't be lebron's team anymore even though lebron's on there he, they rely too much on you you saw in the playoffs 
They go as AD goes. LeBron mm -hmm. can give it to you a couple of games in a seven-game series, but he can't give it to you every game anymore. He's 39 years old. You yeah. need AD to be the guy, and you can't be up and down. You can't give me double-doubles one night and then the next night have 15 and look just uninterested. Yeah. Yeah, it can't. Oh, and the, it, I forgot about the Nuggets. What are the, are the Nuggets? Oh, I mean, man, they just powerhouse. Come on, man. Come on now. I mean, they they here's the thing. They young. Murray and all these guys are ending under contract for the next couple of years. Yeah, that's the that's the good thing. They got this, one problem they, out there though. His name is Michael Porter Jr. I'm not sold on Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, being mentally strong enough to to play that role. I think he's going to try to get out of there sooner rather than later. Yeah, well, you listen. It, it's going to be a, uh, another big season uh, for him. I just think that they realize the core is good, and it's like, yo, we can really run this thing. If we stay together and we buy into the team aspect, and I think they got the perfect coach for that. And I do think Denver is obviously the favorites right now uh, on paper. It, it's hard. It's hard uh, with Jokic giving you triple doubles every night. Murray coming up. There's nobody that can do anything with him. What about oh. last NBA question? What about Golden State? Golden State is um, Golden State is one of those teams, man, that. Uh, second round of the playoffs. Again, I just think that 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 window is closing. Steph is always going to be great for you. You know, Draymond can give you defense, but that's about it. It's not like his he hurt too. I mean, he got a bad knee. Yeah, he, look, he just had a high ankle sprain, so he's out four to six weeks now. Yeah. Um. So you got that, and then the other thing is Clay. Love Clay. Clay can shoot it, but you 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 can see Clay's still not the same guy he used to be. And they want he wants that extension too. He wants a max. Eh, you can't do that, bro. You can't. You can't yeah, do look that. Like they just they getting old and falling apart. Let me ask you just a, a, a wild question. You can answer it or not answer it. I don't want you to get in trouble. But is Draymond Green Draymond Green if he goes to any other team other than Golden State? No, I think that I think the fit is perfect for him at Golden State because he can control everything there. He can bring it up. He can set the table. He can be the defensive leader. He can still be the voice in the locker room. Everything fits his skill set at Golden State. He obviously he would not be have the same kind of impact at other places because they have other players that have the roles that he plays. And he does he does nothing great. You know, Draymond Green is the counter to what my basketball coach used to tell me. Yeah. Because he does absolutely nothing great. But he's very good at a lot of things. At very good. You're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right about that. I, I like it. I like that. Your coach is right on it. Your coach <laughs> is right on it. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Now until May 12th, get up to 30% off personalized jewelry, style, decor, and so many other items mom will love. And if you want her to know you put a ton of thought into her present, use Gift Mode. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can easily find well-crafted, original, and affordable pieces from small shops. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. 
Then answer a few short questions about mom, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated ideas based on hundreds of personas. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. What NFL teams have surprised you the most this season? Man, uh, I think, you know, listen, I think Detroit has been playing really good. I'm going to tell you this. This may surprise me. Crazy as it sounds, Tampa surprised me. Mayfield surprised me the way he's playing. Don't don't buy that. Don't buy me. I thought they were going to be doo-doo garbage. And and finally, Todd Bowles has got quarterback play that's helping him win some games. And that he hadn't thrown what I think Sunday was the first time he hadn't thrown multiple picks in a game in a while. They they have surprised me that they are a uh, a good team. I didn't say great team. I didn't even say playoff team. But you look at it and you're like, wow, okay. I, I like what they're doing. So I think that that's a surprise. Look, I'm a Cowboys guy. So, you know, I, I want them I want them to uh to continue to roll on. Stop listening to what people are saying about them because that's the only thing about about Dallas. Sometimes they can't handle success. This has got to be a season where you handle success and win. I know Trayvon Diggs injury is huge. Bland looked good last night. Bland looked good. They did. They did. You hey, so you well, taking the, you taking Dak in the playoffs? That hey, this is the year, Dak. You got to prove it. You got to prove that you can make a play. That you can make a play in the playoffs. He hasn't done that yet. This is the year he has to prove that. Because right now there's another boy in Texas who looks like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. His name is C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud is balling. Yeah. C.J. Stroud is balling. You know, I'm from Columbus, Ohio. I'm never really gonna say anything bad about a good Buckeye. And uh, C.J. Stroud looks really, really good. That's what's up. Um, give me your AL and NL picks for the World Series. And if someone can beat the Braves, who is it? Because I don't see it. I got Braves and Orioles. Braves sweep them in the, in the World Series. I, I like I like it. I, I think the Braves are so good. Um, man, uh, they they are really good. They roll. Hell, they clinched so, so long ago. I um, forgot they clinched. And Acuna's holding up bases in the middle of the game. <laughs> What, 40 and 70 steel. I mean, it's it's ridiculous what they do. I, I think uh, from the AL standpoint, I, I'm with you. I think the Orioles have had a phenomenal season. They've been so consistent in what they've done. My heart is with Dusty Baker. I know him. We're really good tight. We're tight. So I, I do want Houston to do well. I would love to see Dusty go back to back. I would lo- absolutely love that. Uh, so I'm hoping that Houston can get in there and make some noise. But I'm with you. I think the Braves are just that tough. And I do think that the Braves will probably win it. All right. Georgia looks beatable to me. We should have beat them. I'm a big Gamecock fan. We okay. Should have uh, won that. We should have won that. <laughs> but who, won do that. Think, who do you think has the best chance of beating Georgia based on what you've seen through the first five weeks of the football season? Yeah, I think you know, like I, I did Georgia's game uh, a couple of weeks ago and, and, they, they, they've got a lot of injuries. I will say that. That's true. But they've got a lot of depth. And when you have that kind of depth and that kind of team, you should be steamrolling cats. And I don't know if they still on that high of we back-to-back champs and thinking that when they just hit the field, that people are going to lay down for them. Um, and I think may, that may be part of the problem, too. But if you look at – and this is going to pain me. Man, I please don't shoot this out. But right now that team up north – Looks really good. And when people talk about top teams, they always look to, well, let me see if Alabama's trying to do something. And let me see if that team up north that is above 
Ohio looks really, really good right now. And I, I would think that they uh, should be one of the biggest threats towards Georgia, uh, if anyone. But can, I'm they not play the, can they play the physical nature that Georgia plays with the speed on the edges? Yeah, I, I think I think they have it. Um, it for for them, it's the quarterback play, and their quarterback is playing re- reasonably well right now. But they've got the running backs, they've got the receivers. Uh, defensively, they're big up front. Uh, they, they're good. They're really good. And, and if you remember, that was why Lou Holtz came at uh, uh, Ryan Day because he said physically. Yeah, and he was surprised. He was surprised that Ohio State physically, you know, got got over Notre Dame because that's that was the that was the knock on the Buckeyes last year that that the Michigan because we don't say the M came into our place and beat them up physically. Uh, I think they do. I think they have the studs and should be right now uh, the biggest threat. I'm pulling for Marcus Freeman. I want Marcus Freeman in Notre Dame. He's he's a piece or two away from yeah doing okay out yes. there in Notre Absolutely. Dame. What about on the West Coast out there, though? Can is there anything to be said for uh, you know Oregon versus Oregon? USC? Oregon, Oregon's got it. SC or that defense. SC can't stop me and you. Yeah, <laughs> the SC defense is so leaking. That thing is leaking oil bad because they should have they should have beaten Colorado the way Oregon did, but defensively they don't have it. And and shout out to what Coach Prime. I have them next week. Uh, shout out to Coach Prime and what they did, the way they came back in Shador, the way he played. They had freshmen. They had freshmen playing for the first time, making 60, 50-yard touchdown catches. That just goes to show you SC has got some major problems defensively, Oregon without question uh, right now. Oregon and Washington, those are the two schools out west you probably want to watch uh, to make a run. Caleb Williams or Penix, uh, Heisman? Oh, I go Caleb. Penix people well. just don't watch enough Penix. Penix out there throwing them things around too. Uh, yeah, he, he, I re- see people forget. I did. I even did Penix when he was in Indiana when he first came. Oh, that's right. Yes, he, he was at Indiana and I did. And I was like, oh, this kid is nice. And then he got injured a lot. He was injured so much in Indiana, and obviously he transferred out of there and got out of there. But I'll tell you what, I like the way Penix. But that offense is good, man. And like you said, I don't think a lot of people watch enough Washington football. Obviously, I have to because we're calling it, but. Penix is nice. I like Caleb. Caleb is just special. Caleb is special. I mean, he just, he makes, you can tell the game is really, really slow for him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Some (laughs) of them throw, it it is Mahomes-like, but just some of those throws that he makes and the moves he makes, you're like, this dude is out here playing like you playing backyard football. When we played backyard, and you say, okay, you go here, you go (laughs) here, and then you run around and you make a play. Exactly. Before I let you go, we got to talk boxing real quick. Yeah, you saw the Canelo fight, which was pretty yeah. boring. Charlo didn't even fight back, you know. And this is a good time for this is a good time for boxing. I mean, you you got Usyk and and Fury. Yep. Uh, you got hopefully you have Deontay Wilder knocking out the boy from England. Yeah. Um, and you got Crawford, who is pound for pound. He and the young man from Japan are pound for pound the best boxers in the world. What fight do you want to see, or fights do you want to see that are still remaining out there? Yeah, I think I think you hit on that. I think everybody would love to see Fury and Usyk because you want to have an undisputed well to uh, heavyweight champion. Of Fury's going to beat him up, though. Yeah. We do recognize that, right? Yeah, Fury. Hey, man, Fury. People sleep on Fury, man. When Fury to be that big and can move like that, uh, it's going to be nice. Uh, I would love to see, and I I still want to see it. I still want to see Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua fight. I do. I still want to see those guys those guys fight. And listen, I think 
you know, obviously all of us want to see Tank Davis in some of these big time marquee fights, whether it be, you know, they've been talking about maybe Tank and trying to get him with Keith Thurman. Um, but I'd like to see Tank, you know, with Haney. Uh, I'd like to see Tank, you know, finish up those guys that were in in his age group and in his weight division, so to speak. So I still like to see Tank in some of those type of things going forward. But yeah, and hell, I'd love to see Crawford and Charlo fight it out. Go ahead, man. Y'all been beefing? Which, which one? Mel. I'd like to see Mel. I think I think Mel, you know, what happened was, in my opinion, watch doing that fight, I think Mel felt the power of Canelo early and said, ooh, ooh, there's weight divisions for a reason. This dude hit hard. Oh and yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, look, and and he took those body shots, and it was he said, it yeah. was not the not the same. What about what about Shakur? Oh, Shakur look, Tank and Shakur. Why not Tank and Shakur? Sh Shakur and Tank, and then Haney and and Crawford, and then let's just call this thing a day. Let Crawford and T and Davis fight it out. Yeah, I mean, hey, you know, it would be good. You know, obviously David, but but it would take those guys, Tank and those guys, like a year or so to get up. And I think they they saw even with. Uh, Mel, man, you can't just jump to weight classes. They, we got weight classes in that sport for a reason. Those guys, you, you need, you need it. If I was Mel, now nah, I understand the paycheck when Canelo calls. Yeah, I'm gonna take that paycheck, but you you want to take at least one or two fights to get your feet warm to see what the kind of power it is that these guys have and get your body acclimated to that before you just jump into that deep water. I mean, I think that even if you do well in the fight, I I, I would always say, I mean, I I like. Mike in his prime. I like yeah. Muhammad Ali and all these folk. I like Floyd Mayweather. But the greatest boxer of all time in his prime was, was Roy Jones Jr. And we saw what happened when Roy went up, fought Ruiz, and then had to come back down. And it just didn't. It ain't worked the same way. And here's here's the other thing, too, with Roy Jones Jr., phenomenal fighter. You also saw what happens when you lose your athleticism and that you and when you a lose your athleticism and b in this in this sport you haven't really focused on the fundamentals roy was so talented athletically he would do stuff like this my hands down boom hit you move around boom hit you. it which, which wasn't fundamentally sound that cost him as he got older and that athleticism became fleeting now what you going to work what what's going to help you win fights and that's when he kept getting knocked out because he he was winning so many fights strictly on athleticism and talent and didn't focus on the fundamentals and those Skill. little things. And that makes a difference as you get older. Brian Custer, we can talk all day. We'll bring you back as the year goes on. We'll bring you, you better. back to the football playoffs so we can talk about some real stuff. Brian Custer, I love it. thank you for joining us. Thank you for your perseverance, your strength, and your courage. Thanks for joining the show. My brother, I appreciate you.